Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silbert Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, and we are getting ready to have another fun discussion, as always. I encourage you to head over to silbertranch.org and check out um, not only the ministry that we have going on here, um, but if you are joining us for the first time or you joined in partial through an episode or conversation, you can check out all of our episodes um, there or at, in, at your most convenient podcasting website, I would say. You can uh, link to it and get the latest and greatest which you is fun. Can. Or you, you can go to silverbirchranch.org. That's right. Just go there. Just go there. Go, go there. there. Start there. And then you might you might find a bunch of other things that interest you. Maybe I'll I'll put like a golden nugget somewhere. Ooh. And if you find a golden nugget, I'll put some directions under it. Yeah. And maybe you could win something. So you could just search through the find website. Find a golden nugget. And golden nugget. Yeah. You know what? I When I look at the world today, and I again, we always put it in context. I'm an older guy. Jason's a, a younger guy, a millennial. He's got three young boys at home. And so we talk a lot about raising children and, and trying to help them be healthy in a world in which is kind of unhealthy and kind of crazy at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say kind of. I would yeah, say it is. When you look at that. So the stability in a young person's life is always going to come from the parents. Right. And so I encourage each parent that's listening, if you have children – even if you don't, you'd be an example of what uh, stability looks like. You'd be an example to people of what it looks like to love God, walk with him, um, enjoy the people in your life. So I want to ask a bunch of questions and see see if you can answer these. These are really tough questions. So okay. We'll I'll, let me put on my thinking cap. My thinking cap. Yep. All right. What would you say is the best day of your life? Ooh, the best day of the my life. The best day of your life. The what best was day. the best day of your life? Now, you could do this politically correct, or you can you can do this in a way that is yeah. really the best day of your life. That's it, hard. It is because there's different. Okay, categories. let's stop it then and say, what are the definitions? What would make a day good? What would make a day good? I mean, things that are extraordinary, you know. So I, here here's things that came to mind. Okay. You know, when you said the best day, that you know, the day I got married okay. to my wife. Very that was the day. right answer, I, I'm thinking. You know, so, so that you know, so that was the first one. But then I'm like, man, I have three boys. The day that they were born were pretty good too. Yep. You know, um, yep. and those would probably be the top four days that come to mind. I mean, I I, I grew up um, in a believing in a in a Bible believing family, and so I w- I would say that I would say the day that I came to know Jesus, but I would say that I kind of grew right. into faith. Right. And so I I don't know, like I'm not one to say like here's my day. Right. So, like, that's why that one doesn't come to mind for those that would be like, oh, well, obviously the day of becoming a Christian, yeah. you know. And so that's why that day, per se, didn't come to mind. But I would say those significant events that impact and shape who I am today would be would be pretty Well, that's interesting, important. though, because what you did is you chose beginnings. Yeah, yeah. I, and nobody chooses the end. Yeah. So you choose beginnings. Of course, your, your marriage isn't ended. Your relationship with your kids isn't ended. So you can't choose the end there. Yeah. But... Um, you know, I can remember some ends because I've had relatives die that I've been with. Yeah. And they were pretty special days, too. And now what's really weird about that is that you would put that in the special day category. Hmm. But in reality, you know, the the death of somebody who loves Jesus, yeah, that isn't a painful time. That's a rejoicing time that's painful. Yes. If that makes sense. It does. So it's it's. It, but you picked all beginnings, and and I can see that. I think there are so many times where we don't think through that. If 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 something though has promise, the fun part is living in the context of that and seeing the promise actually live itself out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, 
yes, you have a child born, but that's just the beginning. That is just the beginning. So what makes it valuable is you're thinking of all the things that could be. Right. So the question I have then is, have you ever sat down and made a plan to get to where the things that could be actually become? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Or have you even identified what the plan, what what the could be's are? Yeah. You know? And I think that's something that a lot of parents could do is say, all right, we have, there's children. God's blessed us with children. Yeah. What do I want them to look like? What, what characteristics, no matter what their personality, what characteristics do they need to have developed in them? And what am I doing to help develop those? Mm-hmm. So what characteristics would be important general, not not specific. They could have different gifts. They could be artistic. They could be sports. My, that's not what I'm talking about. What characteristics would all your children need to have in order to be, quote, successful? Mm-hmm. Well, the first one that comes to my mind is they need to know God. Absolutely. All right. So as a parent, that's the first thing I'm going to make a plan for. Yeah. How do they know God? Well, they're going to know him by you exampling who God is, uh, you and your wife talking about who God is, seeing how you make decisions. You open your Bible, you talk about it during dinner, whatever it is. They're going to know. My parents know God. Yeah. And when they talk about God, they talk about God in the sense of a relationship. Yeah. Not this religious stuff that's got all these code words or anything. It's it's actually a relationship with God. So your children then observe in you an, an actual relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And And I would say that for all three of your boys, if one day you could sit on your deathbed and think they all know God yeah, and they all listen to God. You would feel like you were a rich man. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, absolutely. So what I want to encourage you to do is make a plan for it. So Mm -hmm. if those are the two things, so now how is it that your wife and yourself, and this is a rhetorical question in a way, but how is it that your wife and yourself are going to demonstrate knowing God and listening to God to three young people in the house. That mm-hmm. that's the question that you can wrestle with and come up with some kind of solution for. Yeah. Because the best day in your life could be the day you close your your eyes on this life knowing that your children are walking with God. Yeah. And knowing that your job was completed. Mm-hmm. Regardless of when when that day comes because it because it will come. So that's it. Now, if I were to ask you the worst day of your life. Oh, the worst day. I don't know. Yeah, see, I, I struggle with that one because I'm thinking, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's really, I mean, there's, I don't know. I feel like there's nothing that pops. I mean, you have things that don't go your way, but does it make it a worse day or yeah. bad day? Yeah, let's like, just skip know. that question because no. I really don't know either. I mean, when I think about worst day, I mean, there are bad days. Right, but I wouldn't necessarily say worst. Like, I don't, like, and bad days aren't necessarily bad. They're just not as good as the good days. Yeah, how would you how would you rate that anyway? Oh, that one had four bad things happen. This one had five. Yeah. Yeah, let's skip that one. That's a dumb one. All right. <laughs> if you could pick one meal to make, one meal that you could make for yourself and your family, for yourself and yeah. your wife, what would it be? Uh, well, I love pizza. Okay. I love making pizza. So do you make it a special way? Uh, well, I make everything homemade, so I suppose you could make it a special you, way. You make your own sauce too? Yeah. Do you? Wow. Yeah. You don't just open a jar? No. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty old school, you know. You know yeah, that's you, right. You could live in a third world country or something. Didn't I teach you how to make pizza once? You did. You did. But I don't, did you teach me how to make sauce? I thought I made sauce. You probably did. 
<laughs> Shows you what goes in one ear and out the other. I still uh, probably open a jar. That's fair. And put it in There's there. nothing wrong against that. Yeah. I so. just make sure the ingredients in the jar are decent. Right. And I'm sure that could change growing up, but I, I mean, as the boys grow up, you know, but I think that's that's kind of the thing. So that, do your boys like pizza? They do. So so what, so now you've already passed that on. So let's forget pizza. Forget what pizza. else would you make? What else would you make that you go, I really like this as a main dish or whatever it might be? Um, well, <laughs> that's a harder, it's a harder thing right now because that's actually what my wife talk about all like every day because right. our, my youngest is in the phase of, he thinks he doesn't like anything. And I say, thanks, because yep. that's just that, that stage of life. Yep. If you've been a parent, you yep. know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's like, yep. um, so half the time it's like, well, what should we make for dinner? It's like, well, we can make this. No, they're not going to, they're just, gonna, <laughs> you know, and obviously there's a balance of where the parents we say, eat, you eat sort of thing, but it's like a, Sometimes right. you just want to win. Um, but I don't know. I, I enjoy like like full meals to make, you know, something that has like a main dish with sides, you know. And so depending on the time of year would probably depend on the meal. Like if it was summer, man, doing like a nice barbecue meal, whether it was like smoking something or throwing a steak on the grill and then doing your sides of like some sort of potato and vegetable. Like, I don't know. I like I like family meals. Okay. Um, so anything that would, that would drive into there, I love making that. Because so do you it, try and eat as a family? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. I know it, it camp, sometimes camp life can be. During the summer is different, yeah. you know, but, uh, I would say for us during the summer, we don't do breakfast at camp. Okay. So, but then I, and then some, <laughs> as the summer goes on, we, we try to have more meals at home. Okay. Um, just because it's. Yeah, and as they get older, by the way, you'll lose connection even more with them. Well, and as they get older, I might just say, hey, why don't you eat a camp? You know, that way it doesn't hurt the budget a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, a little bit more. (laughs) You're working today over a camp? Great, you can eat there. So there's a lot of people that don't prioritize. Is why is it important that you eat together as a meal? For us, it is. It it uh, especially because my boys, you know, we choose to to send our boys to school. Okay. Um and. And, uh, and so part of that is, is it's just a connecting point for us. You know, we can sit down at the table and have conversation and just kind of see how the day is going. And, you know, as opposed to just eating on the fly, you know, otherwise it's like, I don't know, like any other time that we all together get down, like sit together and have conversations like on a regular basis. I mean, there are times that we do like in the evening before bedtime and stuff, but something like that, where it's just kind of processing the day and just seeing how things are going. And so for us, that's a very important thing. Um, that we're trying to instill. And so that's why even when we make meals, we even, you know, cause sometimes it's easy just to, you know, we have like a breakfast bar at our house, right. you know, so it's easy to just stand around the counter, which is similar, but we try to be more intentionally even, especially at dinner time, like let's go eat at the dinner table, uh, which I know is a dying thing. Um, but we still value it. And I think there's a lot of value in that. Okay. Now, now obviously you have then conversations that go on yeah. or whatever else. Do you and your wife always start them? Do you think ahead of time of what you want to talk about, or is that just a natural thing? Do your kids ever start the conversation, or do you have to pull yeah. it out of them? No, I, it's beginning more natural. Like even yesterday, my, my oldest son, um, not what, no, two days ago, um, he, he, he's old enough to attend the kids' club that we offer on Tuesdays right. here at club. And so we pick up kids from school and bring them to like a youth group sort of thing. And he had a good time, and, man, he was nonstop. You okay. know, I mean, he, I couldn't stop him from talking. Just kind of, you know, what happened, who did what, you know, the silliness, the fun things, the things he learned. And so I think that's just come over time as we've talked. You know, we kind of just, if they get excited about something or if there's something that bothered them. You know, we try to to talk about not just the exciting things that happened, but maybe things that maybe made him sad or upset. Right. That way, you know, because 
as parents, my wife and I are trying to be as intentional as we can to show our boys that it's okay to talk about stuff, you know, and not just the good things, right. but even the bad things, or if there's something that makes them sad or upset, that way they can feel comfortable to share it with us. Right. So, I mean, there are times that we have to draw it out, you know, much like with any child. And then there are days where it just naturally flows and they just start talking and my wife and I are the ones that probably talk the least, which yeah. is fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, the debriefing is important, I think. I think parents should know what's going on in their kids' lives, and there should be a debriefing time. Yeah. Some kind of time where you you actually can connect and find out what's going on, find out what they're thinking, how they're thinking. And, and if you're sending your kids to public schools, it's not going to be during the day at all. No. So there's got to be another time you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, having a meal is, is something that you can do together. Right. And I encourage parents to do that together turn off the distractions it's probably not a meal with a family if you're watching the news or you're doing something else during that time so yeah and even put your phone in a different room yeah you know because you could still be at the dinner table and everybody could be on their phone and that defeats the purpose yeah you know and so really just try to focus on being in the moment i think that's one thing that we struggle with nowadays i mean even even when you go to to places and events Whatever it is, it's like, well, let me grab my phone and take a picture. It's like, well, you know, my challenge to you, and, and I've been kind of more conscious of this, is, is live in the moment. Yeah. You know, yes, you want to try to capture the moment, but in trying to capture the moment, are you missing the moment? You're right. You know, it's kind of a paradox. Yeah. And, you know, some people think this is a new problem, but it isn't because for years, families have done things and somebody has, has an expensive camera with them. Right. And, and they always have to capture the moment. And, and there's people that have, you know, from years ago, boxes and boxes of slides of, of things. Oh, yeah. There's people that have boxes and boxes of pictures of things. And and there can be a distraction where you're trying to just make sure that you have proof of the moment. Right. And and in the process, you lose everything. So if you need to take a picture, go ahead, but then put everything right. away. And, so and be around the table. It. You know, the term TV dinner isn't a new new term. Right. You know, that was probably your generation that started that whole term. Oh, yeah. It was, you it know, was pretty convenient. Just you throw, know. throw a piece of aluminum in the oven and get a gourmet yeah. meal out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, not, not bad. But Okay, a lot of times we hear about things that didn't work as you were growing up, like my mom and dad, you know, made me eat spaghetti 18 times a day, you know, whatever it might be. But I want some positive memories of your parents as you grew up. Yeah. Positive things. What what things do you remember that you go, that was pleasant, that was positive in, in life? Yeah. Well, I, I growing up, I remember sitting down around the dinner table. Okay. Um, and so that's that's one thing that I've appreciated. And, and we always did family vacations, you know. I'm not saying that you have to go anywhere to do that, but, you know, we always did things as a family. Okay. You know, it wasn't even just vacations, you know, like I grew up on the weekend. Sometimes my dad would take us to the dirt track races, okay. you know, um, and things like that. And uh, just the investment in, in doing things together, right. I think is good. And that's, that's something that I value and that I see that I want to have commonalities with my boys and with my family and time and memories that they could share as opposed to just, you know, letting them always play with their friends or right. different things like that. Yep. So I would say that that's something that I've enjoyed from the the legacy of my parents, right. I would say. You know, I, re- I remember talking to parents when I taught fifth grade, and I, I taught fifth grade for several years, and, and just telling them how important it was to have parent time with them, yeah, with the kids. Because really, you take a fifth grader, and that's the grade I taught. They go to school, so, so they get up in the morning, everything revolves around getting to school. Mm-hmm. There's not much discussion that goes on. There's not, you know, it's like everything revolves. Yep. Let's get to school. 
So then when they get to school, they're with me and with their school friends. And the most influential people in life are their school friends at this point. Yep. Because they're with them, uh, you know, from whatever, let's say 8 to 3. Mm-hmm. They're with them. So then they get on a bus at 3. They're home by 4 o'clock. Now, the whole day so far, their main influence in life has been their friends. At, yeah. Their 10-year-old friends. Their 10, 11-year-old friends. Yep. So then it, 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 I don't know what goes on in the modern home. I don't know. Do kids come home now and just flip on multimedia or television? or? It probably depends uh, on the yeah, home, but yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what they do. If they come home, a lot of them go to extracurricular activities after school okay. and all that well, sort of stuff. Well, and that's what my point was. My the, the kids that did stuff with kids after school, which in my era was normal. Yeah. Okay, so now they're with their friends still till supper. Yep. So you got to realize now the major influence – in a child's life, on that given day, from 8 till supper, from 7 till supper, mm-hmm. is children their age. Yeah. Now, I would suggest that children their age do not have answers to everything. Mm-hmm. That's a very good suggestion. So I would, I would concern. So they're with people who don't have answers to life. Yeah. And they're doing life with people with no answers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then sometimes, at least in my era, we would go home for supper. And then we'd go out and play with our friends till we went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Now, some people do homework and that kind of thing. But it, even if they're doing homework, there's still, where's the parent, where's the parental influence here? Right. There's none. Mm-hmm. And, and if during a time where a parent can have an influence, they turn on the television or, or maybe the parents are watching television or they, they, they um, you know, go to melt media somehow on their phone or their computer where is the parental influence? The parental influence is absent. Yeah. So, you know, now some people say, I homeschool my kid. Okay, well, obviously you have parental influence then. They got to figure out how to, you know, get people to be involved in other people's lives as well. But the bottom line really is we have to be careful that we don't lose the most important quality of our family, and that's the parental influence on the next generation. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest that you actually figure out how you're going to influence a child. I mean, the times that you can, and make sure those are sacred times. Put the phones away, whether it be a meal time, yeah, whether it be you know whatever whatever else you do. Maybe you sit with them while they do their homework. You, you do something. I, I've often laughed at the idea that people think they're in relationship when they watch a movie, or when they watch television together. Right. It's like you're not doing anything. You're you're sitting there vegging out, disconnecting. In fact, I've I've asked uh, young people who you know they're going on a date somewhere and they're going to a, a theater and I'm going, how do you how actually is your relationship being enhanced by that? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do? You both sit there and stare at a movie. Yeah. Whatever the emotions are, you're getting involved in those emotions, and then you go home and you wonder why you get into trouble emotionally. It's because you just picked up all the emotions of the movie. You haven't even talked to each other, mm. and you think you're doing something that's relational. Yeah. Well, help me understand the relational side of this. Mm-hmm. But I think most relationships are that way. And in fact, most families, most most times people want to get together. It seems like, oh, we can just go watch a movie. That's not relational. That's like vegging out and doing nothing together. Mm-hmm. And uh, when really you can go do something together. I think we are meant to serve together, do things together. And I think that um, any family should have an understanding that the children, hours of influence that they have, the major hours of influence should be the parents. Yeah. Not the school children, not the teacher, not the school system. It should be the parents. You yeah, should absolutely. be dictating 
what's going into your children's heads. You should know what's going into your children's heads. And you should be preparing them for things that they might hear and might see that don't fit according to what the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you should pull them out of the system. I'm saying you should prepare them. Yeah. Because they're going to hear things that don't go along with the Bible. How do they deal with that? Right. So you need to guide them on that. Um, so it's kind of kind of interesting. Right. And that takes intentionality. Oh, it you does. Know, I mean, the amount of times that we've said the word intentionality on this show, yep. you know, it, there's so much intentionality as you follow Christ. And yep. if you want to impart that onto your family, yeah, it takes intention. It just doesn't do it by itself. Right. You know? And it is so easy in life to just let life happen and say, I'll do this sometime. Yeah. Sometime never comes. And yeah, before you know it, your kids are grown and they're older and you and never tomorrow did it. is always tomorrow. That's right. Yep. Tomorrow can never be today. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, again, we've said it on the show so many times and the intentionality part Every young man that I mentor from Nicolay Bible Institute, I encourage them, make a schedule. Sit down and be intentional about how you're going to do your homework, when you're going to play basketball. When you Sit down and just be intentional yeah. on, on, on how you do this. Because if you don't, your, your unplanned time is going to go to your weakness. That's the way that goes. And you're just going to wonder where all your time went to. Right. And so very important that you're intentional. And if you are intentional as parents, What's happening is your kids are picking that up. Mm-hmm. They are going to find that other people are not intentional, and you might have a discussion about that one day, but you are going to be the most important influence in your child's life. So you need to put yourself in front of them in an example way. Yeah, um, absolutely. Anyway, what what kind of music do you like? What kind of music do you like? Um, I, I'm pretty flexible when it comes to music. Um, but I would say that most of the time we just have like a – Christian music mix that going on okay. if we turn on music. No, do your kids have so. any musical taste yet, or is it? My my oldest likes music. Okay. Yep. Is there a, a a kind he likes over another kind? Uh, he likes drums. Okay. So if there's anything with a beat, he can enjoy it. Okay. So that's kind of the phase he's in. And your other two yeah. are younger, so they're. Yeah, they haven't. They're not into music as much as as my oldest. They haven't really expressed like wanting to. You know. Now, is your oldest into music because of the school system he's in? Is he into music because we have worship things here at camp and there's there's music? What do you think draws him to the music side? Yeah, I think he. I think it wasn't the school side of it. If anything, it might have been him observing. You know, whether it be worship bands here at camp or something. But he definitely acclimated himself towards the drums and the beat and all that sort of stuff, and just has always had a natural inclination for for music. Okay. So, yeah. And is that something that um, he can get trained in doing? I mean, is there a way to say, boy, he likes music. Is he ever going to be a musician kind of guy? Is there something? Yeah, so we've actually done a little bit of drum lessons with him um, when he was a little bit younger, and he wasn't quite ready to do the he motivated enough to do the practice side of it. And so we're actually just talking about him picking it up again and to see whether or not he wants to pursue it and, and really get into learning it and being committed to something. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's important. I, my, my dad, whenever I showed interest in something, would try and see if that was something that I should get into. Yeah. Some of it wasn't. Like, I was really interested in being a banjo player. Mm. So he bought me a banjo. Yeah. Put me up for lessons. That lasted about two months. <laughs> and uh, realized I wasn't a banjo player. Interested in piano. Got a piano. Took piano lessons for several years. After several years, it's like he's not a piano player. Yep. So took I, several I, years to figure I, that one out. Yeah, huh? well, 
you know, I mean, you start, you go to lessons, you go once a week. You, you're once still, you had to move beyond Mary Had a Little Lamb, yeah, you were done. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, the interesting part is, is here's what I'm convinced about my dad. He, he looked for ways to make me successful. Yeah. And even though, you know, we found that I wasn't going to be a professional piano player. I wasn't going to be a, I wasn't going to be a musician in general. So yeah. once we found that, that was out. Right. Um, but there were so many times in life where, where he went out of his way to make sure that if I had an idea, he wanted to see if I could work that idea to the end. Mm. You know, and that was valuable to me. Um, even though I didn't work a lot of them to the end, it was valuable. If you wanted to be a, in sports, you made sure that you were able to, to get into sports. You know, I wanted to learn how to make candles. Before you know it, he's making me little labels for the candles and and a uh, guy was doing it with his name Al, and it was David Allen Candle Company. He went out and got a, an old stove from the garbage in the alley hmm. and put it in our basement and hooked it up with the gas, and that's where I could make my candles. I could melt the wax down there. And, and back then there was no YouTube or anything, so you had to actually go. We had hobby stores. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah, I remember hobby stores. Do they store. have hobby stores anymore? Uh, I'm sure they do. They're just not as as – as popular as they once were. Oh man, hobby stores used to be great. I mean, the hobby stores that that I went to, they had models you could make. They oh had, yeah, they had uh, you know candles. They had the supplies. Any hobby you can think of as a kid. Yeah, they would have the supplies for that. Yep. And so you go to the hobby store. I mean, we used to build uh, slot cars and go to the hobby store, and they had slot car racetracks. Yeah. And we'd race each other, oh, that's and, fun. and you, you'd actually make the car. Oh, that's and cool. go out there and, and and race against other people and see how you did. Yeah, it, it really hobby stores used to be great because you you'd have all these things that you could do that would interest you. So I got into making candles, but in order to understand, you'd have to go to people who made candles. Right. You didn't go to YouTube. No, there wasn't YouTube. You didn't do anything. You went to people, and you said, "How do you make a candle?" Mm-hmm. And they would actually have to show you how to do that or describe it to you. Then you'd go home and do it. Right. You know, I told my dad I, I liked uh, little soldiers, you know, those little toy, those little plastic soldiers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And he said, boy, you could make those. And I said, you can. He goes, yeah, the hobby store. They they sell molds, and you, you can actually make lead soldiers. Lead soldiers. Yeah. yeah. That's before we understood lead major. <laughs> And and how did I get my lead? I would go through the garbage in the Chicago streets. People yeah. would throw out pipes, and they were lead pipes. Oh, there you go. And I'd melt them down. There you and, go. And and you'd scum off the top, and you'd melt them down, and you'd pour it in the mold. You'd make all these. I had a whole infantry of lead soldiers you cool. know, that I made. Yeah. So it was a different kind of world then, but the thing that I always appreciated was that if I was interested in soldiers, my dad figured out a way how I could make a hobby out of it mm-hmm. and make it. If I was interested in candles, let's see how you can make candles. Right. You know, so no matter what I did in life, it was let's see if we can work it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we were able to, which was really kind of incredible. And that's what I encourage any dad or mom to do. Be looking for your kids. Encourage them to keep expanding whatever they're interested in. And some of it, you might buy a banjo and have to put it up for sale. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You might have to do that. Right. But at least your child will always go, you know what? My parents are behind me. They'll back me on this. I, I can try and learn something new and uh, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and like I said, that all spurned off of, you know, being intentional. As we talk about, you know, things that are important to us or the best days and, and things that make things good or, or, or that sort of thing. You know, you enjoy things in life. And oftentimes it's based on relationships. 
And so it takes time and, and effort and intentionality to invest in those relationships, especially when it's your family, your kids, your parents and all that. And so be intentional. That way you can do life together. Unfortunately, we're out of time today, um, but it's a great conversation as always. I encourage you to continue to connect in as we have these conversations from a younger and older perspective. But for now, this is Jason Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. Bye-bye.